You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Hello and welcome to Marginally Geeky, episode 30. My name is Jennifer and I will be guest hosting the show tonight along with Eugene Stevens. Howdy. And our friends in Canada, Chris and Ray, who is invisible right now. Sean. <laughs> and as well as Sean, who is also who is invisible also if you're watching. But here. Yeah. yeah, I'm around. I might, uh, <laughs> my batteries are dying. I might be in and out in a second. <laughs> floating voice. <laughs> um, so tonight we're talking about Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Ademi. Hope I said that right. Um, I was the one that suggested this book, so <laughs> I'll be leading the discussion. Um, and I guess uh, everybody here had a chance to to read it. You guys all listened, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. So I was the only one that physically read it, and it was a very long book, um, which we had a little discussion about during the pre-show. So what did you guys think of the book, other than it was very long? <laughs> um i'll 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 jump in um when i first started reading the book i was i was pretty sure i wasn't gonna like it uh mainly because the book talks about magic and i wasn't sure at first when they when they said magic i wasn't sure i was like is this some is this like a a um a theory of magic like is it just you know what i'm saying like i I didn't realize I, i didn't know if it was like magic magic and when real magic starts happening, then I honestly, that's when I started getting buy-in. I was like, oh, okay, so this is cool. So there is actual magic to, you know, uh, this place. Because it, it talks about how the book starts off talking about, you know, magic went away. And there are people who feasibly could become magic, you know, users, but they're not able to. And I, once again, I was like, well, is this... Um, you, you, you know, is is this standing in for something else? Is it actual magic? And then, like I said, once we get to the part where like spells and stuff start actually happening, that's when I started kind of getting interested in it. So, um, overall, I enjoyed the book. Um, I, I did do some research after the fact, and um, we'll get to that in, in in a little bit, I guess, when we get to that part of the topic. But um, I was kind of hoping for a little bit a little bit more from the story uh kind of background wise it's it's interesting why she she wrote the book um but yeah i was kind of hoping for a little bit more and honestly uh it it really parodies um something else that i i absolutely love which is um um avatar the last airbender uh it's it's very Okay, I'm glad. I, I thought I was going to ask if anyone else has, has has watched Avatar because I very much got that idea. Okay, there's there's magic. There's lots of different types of magic, mm-hmm. um, but instead of being set uh, with a mainly like um, uh, Japanese, Chinese, Asian culture background, everything kind of being centered on that, it's like okay, so let's move it to Africa. And we'll we'll incorporate that, and we'll center it around that, and that, that's very much the the type of. Um, I, I think that's why I liked it is because it 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 felt kind of like that, just in a different setting. So completely different characters, <laughs> but uh, I, I I did uh, I liked it for for that aspect. So. Okay, yeah. Chris and Sean, what do you think? It took me a while to get in it into the book. Um. 
I liked that it was uh, a completely different type of mythology that I'd never heard of before. Um, I, it did remind me, especially at the beginning when they, on the audiobook, she goes through the different types of magic and then who the god was of the magic and what they could do. It did remind me of The Last Airbender a little bit. Um, but for, it was really intense. The book is really heavy. Um, I, I don't know if I enjoyed listening to it so much as I just wanted to know what happened because I was invested in these characters. It is a really long book. Um, I have a hard, they're children. I have a hard time when kids go through hard things and it just never lets up, but no. So I, I, it was hard to listen to. Some parts I almost cried in some parts, um, but that's probably why she wrote it, to provoke that kind of response. And, um, but it, it was very, very interesting because it was a whole, whole different type of mythology that I didn't know anything about, which was really, really cool. And she's very descriptive and she's a really good writer. And it's her first book. Like, it's amazing that it's her first book. She's only 25. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was the, it's the biggest YA book deal in American history or something like that. Like, it's just yep. it's crazy big. And um, It's already yeah. been optioned for, like, a, a movie and Yeah, I think else. Fox like bought it, was, it out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah, she was a huge hit immediately. Mm-hmm. But it took me a really long time to get into it. it. There's a lot. There's a lot in it, and it's really intense. And it kind of – it has the Hunger Games feel to it. Yeah. It's, with the kids and it was just yeah a lot of it was just i'm a i i really like happily ever after ending so this one was like oh come on yeah gotta wait <laughs> i can't there were a couple times where i didn't want to where i didn't want to listen anymore but i'm glad that i did and i'm i she her new one children of vengeance and virtue is out now is it so so be interested to listen see where it goes from from that where she takes it i don't want to be disappointed because there's been so many YA books trilogies and series that start out so great and then you read the last book and you're like what right. the fuck the virgin series yeah like what i just yeah hundred games <clears throat> that where all of a sudden it just wraps up in a chapter and you're like what all of that for that yeah, yeah. so I'm, ho- I'm hoping that's not happens with this anyway we were just talking about what everyone thought of the book overall yeah um it was you didn't finish it i didn't finish it i i finished it with chris telling me what was going on yeah uh i'm not gonna lie i had a really hard time listening to this one um and i think this is one of the books that i'd rather have it in my hand and reading it Mm -hmm. and then i think i probably would have burned through it because it was a very intriguing story. I liked the flow. Like it did seem to go places and there was, there was a lot going on, but I had a really hard time listening to her read it. And I don't know why. Like I, I even tried, like she speaks really slowly to make sure that you can hear what she's saying, I think. Uh, but I had to speed it up to about 1.4, 1.5 in order to actually get through as much as I got through. Cause I found myself just like, she put, almost put me to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was very like, melodic. No, it's I was, an accent I'm not used to. It's nice. No, I was ready to go to sleep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, got to listen to that chapter again. It was, <laughs> yeah, 
But overall, <laughs> like I said, uh, a really intriguing story, very interesting. I just I prefer it as paperback in this case. See, and I thought so. I I listened to the book and I listened at twice the speed, which is the first time I've ever done anything like that. So it was like really this down. is the first time you've ever done double speed, huh? I always listen to single speed and just enjoy the nuance. This one I like downloaded into my freaking brain uh, just to get it done, Ray. But um, I got through the whole thing. Some people and... are more committed. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if I'm going to be on a show, I'm I'm going to know what I'm talking about. But uh, the story itself, um, I just kept thinking, man, I, this is something I would have read in like grade 11 or grade 12 because it did it would bring up a lot of conversation. Yeah. As for something that I would read now, um, no, probably not. Um, it's, uh, I found the story, like after all the stuff that's come out over the last two decades or whatever, I found the story very, um, uh, what's the word, I like it it was uh followed a formula that i could point out right away so i'm like okay when's this gonna happen and downloaded my brain after like four or five hours oh there it is and then when's this gonna happen like i was predicting it yeah um and it's just probably because there's been so much of this stuff out there and i don't blame the author at all because she's a young author she's probably been raised with all this stuff already so on in a subconscious level, you're going to be following certain storylines without even thinking. Um, but it, it has its, its intriguing points and all that. Now, I, the only airbender thing I've ever seen was the movie, and it sucked. No, 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 uh, no. That doesn't count. That has nothing to do with it. Just pretend that we don't talk about that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's the only thing for airbender so i'm gonna have to take your word on that but uh, i used to read a lot of series that were focused on magic or the lack thereof and stuff like that and uh yeah i could i could see similarities in that so i i didn't hate the story um i just man it was long (laughs) it it, uh it was too formulaic for my liking Anyway, because I was kind of predicting what was happening next and where it kind of logically had to go. So there wasn't really any surprises for me anyway. Can I jump in real quick? So you're talking about it being very formulaic. Um, I kind of thought so as well. But I actually was, before I had done some research on on the writer, um, I was actually looking forward to that. Mainly because I was like, is this... I, I was and, and like I said, I was a little let down. I want to say I was a little let down to it, but I was really hoping that this was written from someone's perspective that like was completely and totally like you know she like grew up in Africa and and that was her life and everything else and coming up with the story and I thought, oh my God, isn't that interesting that someone from such a, a different culture came up with a story that is so much like so much other stuff that, you know, that that's around. And I thought that was a really interesting thing that maybe uh, that was the case was that, uh, you know, being isolated from a lot of the other stories, well, like Avatar, the last airbender and coming up with a story that's so close to it, just because of commonalities of how we tell stories as human beings and, and everything else. And that wasn't the case. That's fine. That was a letdown that I, 
kind of set myself up for. Um, and not to not to take away anything, uh, but to, to jump in, the reason why she wrote the book is because of all of the um, police shootings and stuff that were going on in America, and she felt helpless. And I, it, it definitely. I understand knowing that I can looking back through the book, looking through that lens at the book, I'm like, okay, I, I understand like why you wrote it and your perspective on it. Um, like I said, I guess I was just kind of hoping for, I was hoping for a situation that um, brought humanity together because it showed how alike we are, that someone from a completely different culture would come up with a similar story from people, you know, from other cultures and stuff and shows that we're all very, you know, no matter where you come from, we're all still human beings. And unfortunately it was written from the perspective of, yeah, human beings are pretty shitty to each other. (laughs) So I'm just like, well, that kind of sucks. So kind of like the power. Yeah. (laughs) Little Uh. bit, little bit. Well, I liked the book and I, I think I mentioned this in the pre-show, but I physically read it and um, I got through it pretty quick just because I was like so enthralled with the story. Um, but I do think it would have been more confusing listening to it because the names were, you know, different. And also there, when there's different viewpoints like that, like in the power, when you listen, I think it's a lot harder to track who's who or who's talking this time, you know, um, since she switched between three of them. You really needed a, a, very good narrator for this story because of the three different points of views and unfortunately you didn't have it for the audio book on this one yeah i i have to agree with that it, it i had to i had to think about where we were in the story and what was happening so when the next chapter hit and we were switching perspectives i was like some of them was fairly easy if it, if it was literally two of the characters were, were kind of having a conversation and we had to switch i'm like okay well obviously we're stepping into that other person but there were situations where all three of them were involved, and it's like, okay, who? Did they not announce who? the beginning of the chapter? Or I don't think they did. Did they? Okay, well, maybe I just maybe I just missed it whenever I was listening. But it took me a second to go. Oh, okay, so we're in we're we're now in her head, or we're in his yeah. head. They would like when she would say chapter blah blah blah. It would be either Amari's alien yeah. or you okay. Know. Well, then yeah, I must have just missed it then. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I really liked the story and I did feel like it was unique um, in that we don't get a lot of fantasy books uh, with that culture. And especially, I mean, in America, you know, that make it mainstream and, and uh, or North America in general. Um, so I really liked having characters, you know, from a different culture, different background. And um, I, I think it's good to see, you know, main characters of color that are, you know, powerful and, and that are doing things and, and celebrated. Um, so I really liked that because a lot of the books we read today still have, you know, the same type of person cast. So I think it was, it was good um, to have a unique perspective with that. Um, since, since we were just talking about the, the narration, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into the next question I have. Um, why do you think the author doesn't use all the characters' points of view? She only uses three, um, specifically as <laughs> Zeli, Inan, and Amari, which are, I guess, the three main characters. But um, Zane was in a lot of scenes, and there were a few other yeah. minor characters they could have gone with. Like, what do you guys think of that? 
I would have been confused as all hell. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If we had jumped into more, I'm I'm really glad she stuck mm-hmm. to three. Um, and I, I think the three that she picked are probably the right ones to go with. I, I see what you're saying about Zane. I can see how, because he was in a lot of it. And we, we got him filled in mainly from, um, you know, his sister and then, you know, the eventual love interest. Um but yeah, there were times it was kind of like it would have been maybe nice to kind of see what he was thinking from his perspective, but I think it would have really thrown me off because I was honestly I think I was a point where I was kind of afraid. Once I realized that we were switching characters, and I was like, oh my god, are we gonna like go through? Is this like a one day event and like we're just going through it through everyone's perspective? And I was like, oh man, it's gonna be confusing <laughs> as hell. But I'm 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 glad it didn't, it didn't do that. Um, I, I I prefer I I like the fact that. We just had the three different perspectives. And it, so. needed, it needed more than one perspective. I think if it was just one, if it was just Zaley, it would have gotten almost boring because there's so much happens to her. But it's not just her. Like, she's not alone in this. There's, there's her brother. There's Amari and there's Anand. And so it, it's, it needed, for the amount of information, the amount of stuff she's given you, it needed, I'm glad she did three points of view two would have been good too just i it bothers me when there's only just one point of view it gets really really can get really boring you're like well that's great but i want to know more i want to know the other side so I'm, i liked the three so well, now that if you pick two which two would you pick though i would pick um i would pick zaley because obviously she's the main character yeah and, and probably and- anon I would have too. I was going to say, because yeah. of all the characters, he went back and forth on so many things. He would have been a, I, I would have not have bought him as a character if I had not known what was going on in his head. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, you, I, I look at the Bobiverse, right? You, you have very different uh, characters and you do see their point of view. What I will say that I liked about the Bobiverse that I didn't like about this book was, in the Bob verse, they would complete a scene from one person's perspective, and then that scene was done. They go somewhere else, right? And then they come back and do something else from a different perspective. This one was a continuation of the same story from somebody else's head. So a scene just happens, and all of a sudden you're right into the next the same scene, right? It felt like it was mm-hmm. still scene it was from somebody else's point of view. And so, yeah, I thought that was a little no completes the scene for me. It makes it more round. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I liked it better the other way. So least, that way you, you could complete it and not have to think about, okay, where am I? Who's, who's talking? What's going on? <laughs> where am I? I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. <laughs> Are there towels? <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think having it from multiple points of view help move this particular story along. Yeah. Um, I don't know that having Zane's point of view would have helped since we did kind of get his, yeah, his feelings on things just because of how he reacted. But, mm-hmm. um, but still, it might have given him more depth of character, I guess. So, um, well, he was also very outspoken. Like he came out flat out and said what he was thinking. I don't yeah, like yeah. him. Don't trust him. Don't yeah. trust her. I'm here. I'm trying to save your butt. Quit yeah. screwing up. He was very yeah, forthcoming. Stop messing. Stop not yeah. thinking. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, that is the, one of the drawbacks to this book. The thing that I like the least is 
it is a YA book, and I've gotten so I I am almost I'm 41 years old. I have been introduced to Martin Banks, and I just want everyone to fucking just say what they would say. Hey, listen, you know what? I kind of like you. Can we maybe see where this goes instead of, well, I don't know. Does he like me? Do I really like him? Fucking just say it. But also, <laughs> you're in a life and death situation. You may die three pages from now. Fucking say it. <laughs> but there were some extenuating circumstances here that yeah. would prevent them from actually being true about their feelings, at least Zelly and Anon. Yeah, between those two, yes, I understand because they were literally on opposite yeah. sides. But yeah. the the brother and the sister. Oh, they you're talking about come out yeah. And said, and Amari, yeah. 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 That one was annoying. That one was just like, oh, you both <laughs> just shut up and say it. <laughs> Life's too short, damn it. <sighs> so, um, we we kind of touched on this a little in the beginning, but. What do you think? How, how do you think the author did um, in terms of w- world building? I mean, do you think she gave enough, um, you know, background or uh, just just kind of set the scene well enough? Or I, I had a hard time putting it more? together. Like the world, like she gave snippets here and there, but the problem was that she's talking about different times what it is now and but it was really important of what it was and i just i had a hard time putting it all together like what actually happened and like how was the world beforehand like there was only a couple sentences or a paragraph about it and then yeah she kind of drops it throughout the book right like a flashback or a story yeah and it's just but it's never from it's it's always from it came a lot from the king's point of view too, like yeah, yeah. and uh, and only it almost felt sorry was... for him. Oh no, I hated that sob the <laughs> whole time. <laughs> the king, I'm like, okay, I understand. A lot of bad shits happened to you, but yeah. my god, like you, like I could. You were talking about being able to see where things were going, foreshadowing wise. I was like, this son of a bitch is gonna kill his son. It's yeah. going to happen. Oh, yeah. I don't know when it's going to happen, but he's going to kill his son. So, I like so you, I, maybe in her next book, she'll go deeper into what I would have liked is like maybe a, like the first chapter or something in the beginning where a character or something she just lays out all of Rovisha and how it happened just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then leading up to this monarchy, they did it a little bit. I think I wanted more because it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. My biggest, one of the biggest thing you're talking about world building. Um, I, I bought okay, so we're in this this small fishing village, and then we moved to the capital. And I could vision, I could envision the, the fishing village and the capital. And yeah. then when they went to the mountain, I was like, okay, cool, everything, this all makes sense. It all seems fairly realistic, like this is set in a real world type location. And then we get to this place that's out in the middle of a freaking desert, and they <laughs> pump in gallon, like they pump in an ocean, yeah. and there's like 13, 19 different. How big were these ships that they were yeah. supposed to be on? I'm like, what world is this? So yeah. I honestly felt like that was because I re listened to it again and again because I'm like, did I miss something here? <laughs> What the hell's going on? <laughs> yes. Because there were like 19 ships, and I'm like, okay, well, this is set in a real-world location. So I'm thinking like maybe 
like a big Astrodome type thing. And I'm like, these still have to be no, little they're... bitty ships. Yeah. They're like rowboats, I think, right? I, no. I, I don't know. There's a whole, uh, there's a whole like crew on these ships. And they all have to, like, it was the amount of, it just seemed really unnecessary, especially with the amount of death. Like if they, like Before, a moon yeah. is a month. And if somebody hasn't won anything in like several moons, it's like, well, how many, and you're having this every freaking night. Pretty people are dying. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of deaths. That's a lot of deaths. That's a lot of deaths. And it just that whole part, it was the really I didn't like that part at all. <laughs> that was pretty, that's it was like a weird Mad Max in the Thunderdome sort of situation. <laughs> I didn't I didn't it felt and then hey, we go back it's to, a dystopian nightmare, you know? Yeah, but it felt out of place. Like this feels like it, it could have happened. Everything else felt like it could that have been felt like because then they go back to the island, and the island seems normal. Where the where the yeah. whole the whole you know we're we're supposed to be you know bringing back magic. All of that, I'm like, okay, that could be a real location. It's just this one part that's just like what? Yeah. The- that one felt, yeah, that one felt really It's like the place. island unlost, and they just didn't explain <laughs> it. <laughs> just, accept it. <laughs> just accept that it's there. Fair enough. <laughs> I um, love she, um, she made the diviners have this gorgeous, deep, dark skin and this brilliant white, white hair. hair yeah. Like, I could, that's such a beautiful contrast in colors, and and the coiling and the way she described their hair. And yeah. she's very good at describing um, the, the characteristics of the, of the people yeah. and things. I thought that was very beautiful, but yeah. That, so if you go to cast it, you better hit those because that's something that's really important, important, right? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But they probably won't. But they probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so let, let's talk some, or do you have something else? No, there is a white guy in the book, though. No, I know, but yeah. I, I'm just being one of the main characters, so all of a sudden be like... <laughs> oh, I was going to say, they're going to, they have to have some big name to tie it to, so Angelina Jolie is going to be the main character and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> She's not young. <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing, that's the first thing. She's not yeah. a teenager. And then put her in blackface, that'd just go off really Oh, well. that would go really well. <laughs> oh, no. No. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> um, let's talk about the characters. Uh, obviously, they all changed a lot from beginning to end, and I can't decide who I guess went the, underwent the greatest transformation, in my opinion. But um, I mean. There were times when I thought, you know, Anon was going to be a good guy, and then he was a bad guy, and then he was good. I don't know. Um, and then Amari, you know, you could tell she was kind of on the their side from the beginning. And then at the end, she's a lot stronger. Um, and, you know, Zele just, poor thing, went through, like, the ringer. So what do, you, what do you guys think? Like, what stood out the most with these, at least those three characters, um, the three we got the point of view for? Anon was the... Anon waffled too much for me. Like he's like, he's okay, yes, he was very disappointed because it's like, okay, because at one point in the book we're like, okay, so he he's coming over, he's he's understanding his place in the world, and then we're like, oh, we get this idea that he wants to be king and he wants to unite, the, you know, the king, you know, he wants to unite everyone. I'm like, all right, cool, I can start liking this guy, 
And I understand they were attacked and he basically had to act like he was still trying to please his father. I'm like, okay, cool. This is just, this is just a, a ruse, but then dude didn't follow through with it. And I'm just like, are you not going to like use your magic and like stop your father from literally carving maggot into her back? Oh, guess not. Guess, guess we're cool with this, huh? And I'm just, it was like how quickly he forgot all the stuff he had yeah. just learned. And then he's like, no, no, I promise. And I'm just like, fuck you. No, like, uh, uh-uh. the, the character arc there is, is kind of a weird one. It's spoiler alert. If you haven't watched game of Thrones, who has not watched game? Of Thrones? I haven't watched it. I'm Neither have I. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's a character in there where the arc is going a certain way. And then at the end, it doesn't go the way you think. And it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what that is for me. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know you do. Great analogy. <laughs> for those of but us yeah, who his, are... His was the character I think had the most potential for change, but didn't. Like I said, he waffled too much. He went back and forth too much. Um, what is his sister's name? Um, Amari. Amari. I think she had the biggest character arc because, you know, granted, we see her... Uh, through the eyes of being very weak and very timid. And by the end of the book, like she steps up and fucking kills her father. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, way to go. Um, but yeah, I think she had the, the biggest arc. Um, and she I, made I, a I lot of like sacrifices her... throughout the book too. She for did. something she that did. she was very new to the cause, but it's like she embraced it because she just knew it was the right thing to do. Exactly, and that's one of the reasons I, I liked her character so much because she, as soon as she saw what's going on is wrong and found what she should be doing, she stuck to her guns the entire time, and that's one of the reasons I liked her. Once once again, going back to her brother, one of the reasons I disliked his character so much. So. Yeah. What's that? I liked Amari. I liked Amari for what? For the same reasons that Eugene is saying it, because Zaley didn't have a whole lot of. I was going to say she was the same stubborn, kick-ass, pull no punches kind of girl throughout the whole thing, and then Zane was the big overprotective brother through the whole thing, and Anon, he was the biggest piss off for me. It was mm-hmm. half <laughs> we went back and forth, especially at the end. Yes. Especially because he had so much. Un- he could have done away with the whole room like that. Like he could. Yeah. They know someone like that, and it, it could have happened, and he didn't. It was a huge, huge disappointment. So, and I'll be honest, I was not entirely sad. I mean, it was. I'm just like, geez, how the hell do you kill your own kid? That's just how much of a bastard you are. But maybe you kind of had it coming. <laughs> like maybe you should have stuck to your guns and like did what you said you were going to do instead of faltering. But whatever. You guys need to watch Game of Thrones. I, I'm <laughs> going to. It's going to happen. I started I it last weekend. For the opinion. Like from the very beginning. Yeah, I, I got through like eight or nine episodes. So. Oh God, I got a long time before I can explain that. Yeah, or- <laughs> I know. I think I know what you're talking about already. But, anyways. I told her, and I, I I told her something that I thought about because we had this conversation at EGX. I was like, "Here's the thing. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was someone else I was talking to. I was like, here's the thing. I'm gonna go back and rewatch the whole thing.' But I was so worried the first time watching it. I was like, 
okay, I've got to make sure I keep track of this person and this person and what's going on. And now I'm just like, no, 35, 75% of these people are going to be dead by the end. Just let it happen. Just yeah. <laughs> freaking, just freaking sit back and watch it. So I'm like, all right, cool. This may be a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll enjoy this. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it the first time, but literally I was like, oh, I like that kick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Don't get attached. Don't get attached. So. Sean, you were saying you have a different opinion? Well, it's. Okay, so Amari for me was the one that changed the most but and that's i think that's pretty obvious but uh, anon you guys are like really bashing on anon for his decision but i gotta give it to the author that every decision that when anon flip-flopped as you want to say was a well thought out and she explained yeah. why he was changing the decision and i can't argue with some of the stuff that he was thinking now some of the results you know, yeah, you don't let someone get tortured and all that. But for him to want to get rid of magic entirely, I could see why he would want to do that. Well, I could yes. see it too. I just didn't want him to do that. Well, <laughs> well, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But she did a really good job of explaining yeah, which is Anon's right. character and why he was changing his mind. So to me, it was like, yeah, I may not agree with it, but I get it. Okay. I think it's just because it happened so quickly, right? Like, yeah, they, he finally came around the magic. Yeah, right. and then it was like, oh no, just kidding. It's it's scary, and I don't want to have anything to do with it except I have it. So, well, seeing someone like go nuclear and like about to like roast a whole bunch of people, yeah, that might change your mind on you know maybe this isn't safe to have around. And he was trying to be a good king. He wanted to do right and protect his people. And you know what? That I can understand some of that. It's, it's the way he's going about it, though, that by allowing certain things to happen, right? Well, yeah, I don't agree with that, but his end goal, like the you know, no, I, the justify goal, the yeah. means. Yeah. But but like by burning down an entire city in order to be a good king, I don't know if I agree oh, with that. Uh, like, that no. was, you know, I, it just. But yeah, even he didn't looking treat at his people very well. Look at Saren, the, the, okay, the king, and the motives of why he started it. Like, Saren was trying to unite both the elite and the magic people. And it was the magis that some of them went rogue and, oh, we don't want to be united and toasted his family. Guess what? If my family got burned in front of me from people that I was trying to help, I would burn the world. And I, I can understand that decision. And that's what led him down the dark path where Anon he's trying to protect the people now he's not there yet he doesn't ha he's not the king yet so yeah. he's got to bow down to certain situations and all that but in his mind getting rid of magic was the only way of doing it and that was like even Saren when he killed off all the um the magi he said like uh, he didn't kill off the diviners he didn't think it was right to kill off people that didn't have magic yet. Now, a class system developed from that. Yeah. And eventually he went totally bonkers and said, I should have gotten rid of all of them. But that initial decision was, no, I want to get rid of magic. I want to get rid of their ability to have magic. But people that don't have magic, the potential to have magic, don't need to die. 
He separated them. Even True, at that but point. he also taxed the hell out of them. And like they Over said, they're time. like, do you think do you think father knows anything about this? Talking about going back to the massive deaths in the and the water arena, and they're like, I don't, I'm sure Dad knows about this. He's just not willing to say anything about it. Oh, yeah. Just, it's a slippery slope. It's, yeah. It, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. And I think that was the road he was on. But that initial thing, I could literally understand it. Watching your family burn by people you're trying to help, it would destroy me, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just don't know that I blame an entire group of people for the actions of a few like well, i get i would probably be emotionally distraught but i i don't know yeah and that's gotta realize something that faction yeah but uh seeing your family burn up uh, you know i you're not going to see clearly and that's just and i think that's how the story was kind of driven for him now he he did the whole darth vader thing there Actually, probably more of an Emperor yeah. Palpatine thing. But, I was going to say, uh, more of a Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vader came back at the end. Yeah. When well, apparently yeah. Palpatine is going to as well. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, what I'm just trying to get at is I understood through because of the author and her writing was uh, why the flip-flop happened in Anand's thinking. And I could even see the reasoning behind the initial decision of the king. Not afterwards, like, yeah, he was a total bastard, like, new kids and then have them stab each other. You know, not, not cool, dude. Not cool. Yeah, we're but, starting. Uh... <laughs> we're going to start that. What'd you say? Oh. You're going to start doing that one? Okay. Yeah, we're going to start that next week. So, Sean, if, uh, if you guys want to start challenging each other. Uh... <laughs> Fencing. Cool. Okay, so that kind of brings up an interesting point. Um why do you think Amari embraced the the Magi's cause easier than Inan? And I think part of it is their upbringing was so different, right? Like he was treated, he was groomed to be king, and she was kind of just treated as this delicate flower that needed to defend herself, but also wasn't going to have a position of real power, I guess. Um, when she she remembers it. So, so is it something in their head? Sorry, you, you were cutting it out there. Oh, I was just saying, was it something in their personality or something else you think that makes them, you know, kind of have these differing views on this? For me, it was the threat and love of magic, right? So for me, I, she saw magic in her mom and she loved how the beauty of it, where Anon uh, was more raised on fear and uh absolutely terrified of what the potential uh, ugliness of the of magic could be. For yeah. me. Yeah, she, yeah, they had two different, well, you know, men are kings and women are married off to kings, right? Like, they don't have any power to, to sit there and be proper and mingle. Like, she was treated like how I remember reading most princesses were treated in any story like that, right? Like the mothers were always like, don't eat that, you're going to get fat. Don't say that, it's inappropriate. Just shut up and be seen. Don't say anything. Whereas, you know, Anon's going to be king and he had to get, he had to understand why his dad was doing what he was doing. And so when Binta died right in front yeah. of her, yeah. her only friend that she's actually allowed to 
beat herself around because her mother like freaking micromanaged her within an inch of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think it, she just snapped. I think it was like, that's it, I'm done. Well, she's again. She saw the beauty of what magic could yeah, do. Yeah, when right? his hands she produced she that. She sees light. that, and she sees how beautiful it is. And then to her see, dad just see her dad snuffing that out, uh, where again, where Anon is more sees the ugly side of, and feels like it's a curse inside of him, right? So, yeah. Don't we have much? Anything I would add. Not really. I mean, yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, I think, I think too, just their personalities, you know, she was more open-minded about stuff and he was just kind of accepting of whatever he was told by his father. And, um, they, they both kind of, at the beginning, she kind of struggled with, I think certain things that she saw like, Oh, this isn't really happening. Is it? But then once she realized it, yeah, she was like, Oh shit! It is happening. We gotta fix it. Um, she realized how sheltered she. She knew yeah. she was sheltered, but not to the degree yeah. that she actually was sheltered. And once it, she hit the real world and saw things, it was just like, holy crap! Yeah, I didn't know people yeah. were that bad. Yeah, off I didn't know clue, yeah. and I and she felt a lot of guilt. Yeah. There was a lot of guilt on her end for being a princess and being so privileged and, and not having to experience any of that. And you could see the growth beginning at the. Very, very soon in the book. So not a, not even just her running away from her dad and all that stuff. When she gives away her the tiara, when she gives away the dress, you know, those types of moves are like she's growing, you know, at a, you can see it incrementally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is something that I, when I was, reading back over the book because I read it two months ago (laughs) (laughs) even earlier than what we originally planned I had read it Um, so I was kind of refreshing online earlier and earlier this week Um, and so some of the recaps I read said that Inan died at the end but I don't remember that I remember him being saved by his sister but a few of them said that, that he was actually killed by his dad what, yeah, do y'all died. remember that happening? He, yeah, he, he, did. he died. He died. I don't know why. I, I don't have a book because I borrowed it from someone. I don't know why I don't remember it that way. I just remember him like being attacked by his dad and then her stopping him. So yeah, because that's what sets uh, that's what sets her off is like she's like, nope, dad is not dad's uh, dad has to die now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. okay. if if he See, if he I, can kill his son. He's he's no he's not coming back. Dangerous. Yep. Yep. Well, so I guess what that changes the whole ending for me because I went into the ending thinking the next book is going to be a battle between the two of them for power, Anon mm-hmm. and yeah. Amari. But now if he's dead, that I don't know what to expect because you know. Well, yeah, they wiped out most of the bad guys at the end of that one. Yeah. I think the next one will probably be. Depending on depending on how well she has this planned out, the next one will be. Uh, it could be a lot darker, but I mean, it will. I would guess it's probably going to be. Hey, magic's back! Now All right, there's a there's a power vacuum. Who's going to take that over? Or is it going to be a bunch of magic users, or are all the magic users going to freaking turn on each other? Yeah, because I, I could see that happen too. I have a feeling there's going to kind of come two or three factions out of this. 
where you're going to have one side that says, fuck it all. They're, if you don't have magic, you're done. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Then you're going to have another, which is like, listen, we shall be peaceful. And then the other one's like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of either of it. Yeah. yeah, I can see that too. I would like to think Amari's going to step up and kind of bridge the two ga- you know, two sides. But um, it also said that she got powers at the end of that yeah. one. Yeah. So very last I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. This is to how that happens to her. Yeah, Zaley wakes up and she's laying in Amari's lap, and Amari's got this white streak growing through her hair and crackling blue light or whatever in her fingers. So I was really excited about that. I'm like, Yay! Yeah. It's like Amari just Which, I'm a little confused because she was around that scroll and she had it. So why didn't that wake up any latent power she has? Does everybody get powers? How yeah. old was she, though? No, I think, she, I think she's the same age as Ailey. She was 17. Okay, yeah. so she should have already Yeah, well, I, because Anon had just touched the scroll and it sparked something. Yeah. I think for her, it needed, it was so dormant, it needed a much more explosive kickstart. Which would have been her killing her father. Yeah. That would be enough of a jolt. Well, the other yeah, thing or was... The, or the when, Amari, when Amari's introduced, like, when they're sitting at that table with the other princesses and stuff like that, don't they talk about Amari her not looking dark. like her father? Yeah. Like, yeah, her it, skin's a little darker for being. Well, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I guess yeah. So. And I, I, they kind of alluded to that mom had slept around on dad. Yeah, questioning her. They question, exactly. I, that might come I mean, into the second book, too. If it does, let me know, because I'm not going to read that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe both kids were uh Yeah, maybe so. And... Yeah. He's having an affair with the, the captain of his guard. Was Kai mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, it was interesting. If they did have that ability, then why didn't their hair, why wasn't their hair white from the beginning, I guess? But I guess that happened after the purge and magic was taken, so maybe that's um, why. We were just talking about uh, like this, the second book and where the story's going to go. I kind of see Zaley and Amari, mm-hmm. right? I kind of see them fighting over which faction to go with or which side to go with, where Zaley's going to be kind of drawn into maybe a darker side just because of the history. And uh, Amari is going to be more of a, no, listen, this is we have to stay on the good side of this. And mm-hmm. I can almost see a fight. Start not a fight, but like a, a fraction, a, a rift between them two. Yeah, you yeah. said you had a theory about Amari. Oh no, that that she had magic and that oh, now okay. she's yeah. she's now a magi. She's yeah. not just a courtesan. She's she's gonna kick some ass. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I can see the two of them because you know yeah. Daily doesn't. Her parents are gone, and she's almost died twice now. Well, and that yeah. fucks somebody up. That'll, that'll screw yeah. with your mind a little bit. And then Zane's going to be in the middle of it, and he's probably going to be picking Amari's side, and that's going to piss Zayli off huge. So, yeah. and it is a YA book, so I could see I, that. I definitely see that being the way it would go. Would be you know. Well, I also read in, ah, in these... with siblings. You're gross. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not, not like that, but I mean, like, he's loyal. 
I knew what you were saying. Thank you. <laughs> I also read a theory that maybe uh, Zelly would go back to the underworld since she's a Reaper and talk to Anon and, I don't know, bring him yeah. back or something. So who knows next book. If it's already out, then I'm going to have to get on that. Cover for it when I was done reading it. So done reading the first one. So I don't know if it's out, but it's yeah, it's supposed to virtue. Well, so the last the last question I had, and we kind of touched on this already, um, was that this book was obviously written as a response to social injustice. Um, so do you think she did a good job representing that? And and why do you think she made the story a fantasy novel? Um, versus something more, you know, real world relatable. Um, this happens a lot, you know, where they do a fantasy sci-fi movie or story to represent something happening in the modern world. <laughs> Hashtag 1984. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I think she wanted to reach more people with it. And so fantasy is kind of, is a big audience, right? So you can get that message across. It, it reminded me a lot of um, um, Nazi Germany, just the way that the that the king treated diviners like they were little old women, and that the death of them was something that was just like smacking a fly. Like, why would you mourn that they're filth or dirt? They're maggots. They're maggots. That's what it reminded me more of. But I, and I but I understand why she she's she was frustrated. She's frustrated. To answer, I guess to answer your question, um, I I guess she did a good job of it. The the here the thing is is um, it, it starts off it's not necessarily race, but yes, it is definitely racial in its beginning. But um, you know why she was writing it, but it the book was more of a. Uh, uh, for class, uh, you know, different classes uh, against each other. Had I not done some research after the fact, I would have not picked up why she was writing it. I would have picked up, I would have seen it as uh, it's not her frustration with, um, you know, the, the police brutality. I would have picked it up as more or so being frustrated with uh well, I mean, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, she had grown up mostly in America, but I would have picked it up as mainly being, well, if she is an American, then it's her, her frustration with, uh, you know, basically the middle class going away. And it's like, you know, it's it's the rich versus the poor. Yeah. That's the way I would have Economic looked at inequality. Yeah. Economic, exactly. I would have looked at it as that as not and, and not not picked up. Oh, so that's why you wrote it. So, yeah. I mean – and I agree. Doing it the way she did it, it can definitely reach a, a broader audience. Um, knowing why she wrote it, I can go back and see it. But that's not what the first thing I would have assigned to it. I would have been like, "Oh yeah, she's she's pissed that you know the poor keep getting poor and the rich keep getting richer." And yeah, I feel you. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that sort of felt like to me for sure. It's more the social class of of everything but uh, I don't know I, I, the broader stroke is definitely she reaches more people that way that's for mm -hmm. sure yeah 
I think for me, I, I don't know that I would have picked up on that specific issue, but I do pick up on themes of, of just inequality and injustice in any book I read, whether it's a fantasy book or fiction, nonfiction. Um, you know, I'm very sensitive <laughs> to that stuff, but um, so, so obviously, yeah, I guess I make the parallel a little more to, you know, discrimination to race or gender or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I would have specifically seen the police brutality thing um, had it not been for, you know, her her afterward where she talks about it. Um, but I do think it's a very, you know, telling way to, to tell that story and to give that, that parallel. Um, it's very timely for sure. Anything else anyone wants to add on the book? Like I said, it, I, I enjoyed it just because of the parallels I, I found with other stuff that I really enjoyed. Um, I'm a little torn as to whether or not I would continue on with the series. Um, it sounds like there's at least two people on this panel that would rather not <laughs> go forward with it. So if we do go forward with it, uh, I'll, I'll join. I'll join that that trek. Uh, but if we don't ever get around to it, I'm I'm not going to be heartbroken. I'll, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd like to continue on with it. I just I'm going to need the book. You're going to need the physical copy. Okay, that's cool. Listen, hey, You need to finish the first one, you dumbass. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I left out a lot. Oh, I'm sure you did. The thing is, again, I, I need the book, though, right? And especially for this one. Uh, I liked her voice. I didn't mind her voice. It just put me to sleep, and then I'd forget Aww, what the hell I, I was I, listening to. She had a very sing-songy way of yes. talking about dark, awful things happening. <laughs> I'm just interested in trying to see what I can do to to get Sean to start listening to more stuff at one half speed. If not, see if I can get him bumped uh, up to come join the dark side. You will yeah, read through so much more. I can't. You know, uh, I don't absorb it quick enough. No, neither do I. I, uh, keep, I, it I did, but it sounds like you're listening to Chipmunks. It's, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> and especially with this one, with the accent, holy crap. Yeah. It oh, was, that's okay. It was tricky. I will say uh, one thing, one more thing. I did think it was kind of neat how she ended it, like how she ended the ceremony. It wasn't like we thought it would be, but she still, you know, was able to do it. She made figured out a workaround and she was mm -hmm. more powerful than she thought. So I, I liked that, that she, yeah. Zelly, um, was able to was save the world. That was one of those books where, oh, well, there goes magic. Never mind. Everybody's equal and everybody's dead. Yep. Well, you you destroyed it, so the scroll, so it's good going. It's really intense book. It's a very intense book. There's not a lot of let up, but it takes a while to get into it. Yeah. Now, do you think her mom was actually like the goddess, or was the goddess just manifesting, looking like her mom? I think it was just a manifestation. I think so. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Because they're all connected to a specific goddess, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was pretty trippy. <laughs> yeah. Interesting concept. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Anything else? Anyone? Just uh, just a heads up. Uh so Children of Virtue and Vengeance comes out December third. 
Oh. Is that the second or third one? That's the second. Second one, okay. December? December. Okay. We're going to have we've forgotten. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to forget. We'll have, we'll have to go back and listen to this episode and reread the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really go through much of what actually happened in the book, like, sequentially like we do a lot of times but uh i like this i like this format better i'm just saying i'm i'm really liking this hey let's talk about ideas and not go all the way through it because i know i'm the one that tends to do that and i'm like (laughs) no not you no (laughs) No. so what else have you guys been reading since we last met two months ago Okay, uh, I've actually I was actually just looking through this. I've read three different books. Um, one of them is called Delta V by Daniel Suarez. Um, I love his other books. This one was kind of interesting. Um, I I really was not happy with it about halfway through, and then I'm still not exactly sure where I am at the ending. I'm really kind of hoping there's going to be another one to it to kind of round things out because the way it left it, I'm. I kind of want more, but I'm also like, maybe if there was a bigger story to this, it would I'd enjoy it more. So that was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I also read Needful Things by Stephen King. Um, I really enjoyed the book. I, I've never read it before. I, I know a little bit of the plot, but um, I really enjoyed this one. And then uh, the last thing that I read was Outland by Dennis E. Taylor, uh, who who wrote the Bobaverse books. Um I'm really interested to see what other people here who've enjoyed the Bobaverse books think of it, uh, because it's definitely his formula. It, okay, let me put it to you this way. If you don't like uh, task management, you're not going to like any of his books. <laughs> <laughs> if you like task management, I, like I do, uh, I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm already chomping at the bit for the next one. I'm just like, well, Nerd. I, yeah, because <laughs> the whole thing, like, oh man, I've got to, you know, got to change the printers and figure out what I need to do next or whatever. And this one is very much that. It's very much, here's a situation. It's it's super crazy. It is in scope. I guess it's not as dark as the Bobaverse books because the Bobaverse books was looking no. It's never mind. They're both. They, they, if you look at it the wrong way, it can definitely be a very dark book. Um, on the other hand, it's just like, no, this is this is what we have to do to keep moving on as a species. So let's uh, let's figure out what we got to do and do it the right way. So, uh, but yeah, I I I enjoyed it. Um, and the fact that it was read it was read by Ray Porter doesn't hurt one bit at all <laughs> because unlike the current book. Uh, I don't have to. You, he doesn't have to say what the name of the character is. I know exactly who's talking. So, yeah. Even with the, all the female characters, I still know exactly who's talking. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been reading. Cool. Any, anyone else read anything? I read this wonderful little ninety-two page book. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's called uh, "Half Spent Was the Night" by Amy McKay. She is a Canadian author. Um, she's got four books. Um, she's a best-selling author too. Uh, this is, um, kind of an in-between book between two different books. I've never read anything of hers before, but I saw this in like 92 pages. I can commit to 92 pages. See if I even (laughs) like her. (laughs) And I thought it was really cool. So it's, uh, a witch's yuletide. So, um, her books are all connected to this one specific particular witch. 
and her life. And this, at this point in her series, she is an adult, a young, she's in her twenties at this point. Um, and it's all about the couple of days leading up to New Year's Eve and the two other witches she lives with and this masculine ball that they're going to. Um, I just thought it was really cool and really quick, 90 pages. And it just, it's just enough to suck you in to want to know more. And it's not confusing though either. That was the other thing. It's like this completely separate little scene onto itself. So hmm. I know there's more stuff that happens in and around it, but it was a nice little snippet just to see her reader style of, of uh, writing and, and just a little bit of a, an idea of, of the world she's built. So uh, yeah, her first book is um, The Virgin Cure, which is about um, um, this house in Nova Scotia that uh, was basically a brothel and the, um, the idea was that if you slept with the virgin, it would cure you of your ailment. And that, so it centers around this one girl named Moth. And um, yeah, what happens to her? So I'm, I think I'm going to start with that. But yeah, Amy McKay. Awesome. Ray, anything for you? Well, as soon as I knew that I wasn't going to finish this book, anymore, <laughs> uh, I started on uh, Outland because, um, yeah, it's why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm intrigued. I'm only a couple chapters in. Uh, I restarted it with you. Yeah. And I like some of the theories that they're getting into, so I'm very curious. So I'll just leave it at that for now. Okay. Cool. If we, we're either going to have to read this one for the group or you or we're going to have to have a conversation afterwards, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, <laughs> I Sean? Have you read um, anything on single speed lately? Yeah. <laughs> so I typically have a couple on the go. I, I listen to audiobooks to and from work, and then I also read a book at work um, if, for lunch if they ever let me. So that tends to go slower. Right now I'm reading uh, the second book from uh, Red Dwarf series. Uh, it, it's a four-book series. It's based off the television series. It's written by the the writers for that show. And the first two books are written by, there's two writers, Doug Naylor and uh, Grant, or Scott Grant or something like that. Anyway, the first two books are just hilarious. And if you watch the TV series that they've drawn from the TV series and all the jokes are there and it's, I can picture it in my head when I'm reading it. So I'm just loving them. So I'm on the second book for that one. And then uh, I just finished listening to the, it's the Terminal Man um, from Audio, uh, Audible. And it's, um, it's not the one by Michael Crichton. It's a different one. It's a bit older. Um, and it brings up a lot of good questions. Basically, it's uh, uh, a guy duplicates all the synapses in his brain. Um, to figure out a couple like basic questions like uh, what's it like after death so he duplicated his brain made three copies kept one as a control so he didn't alter it and the other two he altered so one uh, would be like life after death so it had no biological functions attached to it it wasn't never hungry didn't want sex and all that stuff and the other one he 
um, altered it in such a way that it believed it could live forever. It had, like, had no fear of that kind of thing. Anyway, moving along the story, there's a bunch of murders, and he figures out it's one of his duplicates that has committed it. And it's trying to figure it out, like, how could I have done this or any part of me and all that? So it's a really good storyline. Um, what is it called again? Terminal Man. I, I've got it in my Audible list. I'll send it to you, Eugene. It's not the Michael Crichton one, though. It's a different one. But it was really neat because it's, it's written with a lot of Canadian stuff. So it's like around, he's talking about restaurants in Toronto and like in Ottawa and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, I know every part of this he's talking about. And it's like so weird. Some of the technology is a bit dated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when you watch a movie or something like that. And they're like, oh, it's 56K modem. It's so fast. It's, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> So there's a bit of that in it, but the storyline itself is really, really good. Um, so I just finished that one when I found out uh, one of the series that I love listening to, and I've uh, listened to it as a podcast for or like four or five times. It's um, Trader Tales, Tales of the Solar Clipper. It's a six book series. It's basically this kid on a planet uh his mom's a like a lit professor or whatever and she dies and he basically is getting kicked off the planet and he signs up for the merchant marines and gets onto a spaceship as a cook and it's his life each book goes along a part of his life and they go by share so when he gets on it's a quarter share and then he moves up in rank it's half share and it's how he affects the crew that he's on. Uh, he's a smart guy, and eventually he makes it up to like captain share and owner share. And that owner share, the sixth book, uh, kind of leaves off with a what the fuck moment. And that's as far as I knew, that is how it ended. Then I, I've listened to it like five or six times or whatever, and then I like realized maybe I should look up this author. And it turns out he started a new series that takes off from where it left off and he's already three books in. So I'm like, Oh, now I got to listen to everything again. So I'm third book in again, but he started out as uh, a podcast. So you can actually find it for free uh, for podcasts, Hmm. but, and it's the author, Nathan Lowell that reads it. And I I really got used to it, but they went on to audible and there it's on audible. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to pay for it. I, downloaded them all but it's not the author reading it anymore they actually got someone else so that took me a little bit of getting used to because you like everything you get a voice stuck in your head and the first book it was like this is just wrong but now i'm a three books in it's like okay yeah the characters make sense now i I can get used to it actually prefer them so but uh Highly recommend that series if you get time. It's the Trader Tale series. I can I'll send you the link as well for that, Eugene. But okay, uh, cool. Yeah, I got a lot going on, but that's that's one of the series that I can like just sit back and it's such a good story. Um, just it. I know it's in space and all that, but it's a story about people. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter where it is. It could be on like a ship or spaceship. It doesn't matter. And uh, 
it's really, really well written. So it's kind of my one of my comfort books that I get into. I just need a lot of time. More than 17 hours, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I got a lot well, to go right now. <laughs> the only thing I've read, other than this book, which I had already read, uh, is How to Be a Tutor, A Dawn to Dust Guide to Tutor Life by Ruth Goodman. So it's nonfiction, obviously, and it's basically just them talking about the day-to-day life of normal people during that time period. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be about the aristocracy and the tutors themselves, but it was actually not, and it was neat because they talked about how they made things, how they made, you know, straw beds or beds out of different materials and how they kept clean, and they weren't actually as dirty and gross as we think they were, and um, how they made perfumes and all these things. Like the, the author said that she had actually recreated most of the things that she wrote about and um, tried them herself, which is kind of cool. So she gave her perspective on that, but um, it was a quick read, like four hour listen. So Mm -hmm. that's all I've, that's all I've read. Um, Do want to ask you guys, since everyone's on audible, do you guys ever do the free, you know, audible first listens or audible originals? Every so often I do. The one that, and that was the other thing that I did listen to that I, I didn't list, which was, it was only like four hours long. Uh, More Bedtime Stories for Cynics yeah, by Nick Offerman. I downloaded that, but I haven't listened to it yet. Is it good? It's, it's, it's funny. It is definitely a Offerman, funny listen. I mean. Yes, exactly. And he even <laughs> yeah. says, like, he comes in, he narrates some of them, and then the other ones he just introduces. Patrick Stewart does one of them, and I'm just like, oh, hell, Patrick Stewart, okay, whatever, whatever it is, I'm down for. Uh, which, by the <laughs> well, way, Sean, did you, did you see that supposedly uh, Data is coming back for, for, I, Spiner is coming back as Data? So, I have questions about that, but I Grant Spiner is one of my favorite actors. Data was my favorite character, but in this series, the problem was Data ages. Like, mm-hmm. like he, he Grant Spiner can't pull off, and it'd be B four really, not Data. But uh, anyway, well, mm-hmm. that's that's for another show. That's for a different... <laughs> the other podcast. Is really incredible now, so. Well, just, you know, word for our, our listeners, if you have an Audible subscription, you get a free Audible Originals book every month, and I guess that one was good. I haven't listened to it yet, but... Yeah, when you get a chance, it's not very long, but it's it's funny. It looked funny, yeah. All right, that's all I've got. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Is our next book... Uh, uh, the Vex Generation comes out next. Well, well, the time we're recording it next month. That's gonna be our next book, right? Which book? The Vex Generation, the sixth book for yeah. Magic Two Point Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, so I know. <laughs> okay. Um, I know. Behind it, already. I know it comes out mid month, so I have a feeling if that is gonna be our next book, we may have to push the show a little bit back Yay. just depending on how quickly everyone gets through so uh but yeah i think that's gonna be the next one and then um i will try to get mr meyer back on so we can talk about a wrap-up so <laughs> yeah because i i'm i'm nervous i'm i'm i, I have high hopes well but I'm, I'm glad everyone's finally starting to realize how awful 
a certain character is. She, yes, she is. Brit is worst. So it took me an entire listen back through to catch everything, but you're right. Because I, I, I wanted to believe the best, but yeah, it's just it's... not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. What do you want me to wrap up real quick? Okay. Well, uh. Sorry, one oh, last thing. In this oh. book, there's two recipes. They give you recipes. This book is based in 1882, so they give you a bread recipe, angel bread, <laughs> and elderberry, no, elderflower syrup. If you're so inclined, it looks really complicated, and I won't be making it. But I just thought it was. <laughs> I was gonna say, so tell us how it tastes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never read a book where, like, halfway through, you're like, and there's a recipe about the bread that we're talking about. Interesting. So. So Let's my question that. is, if there was an audiobook version of this, would they literally just stop the book halfway through and start no. reading the recipe and be like, <laughs> That's what's of- going on? <laughs> if you're so inclined to make this bread. Yeah. See Appendix A. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, where can we find you guys online, Eugene? You can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I've got some big stuff uh, in the works. Uh, I know my feed has been a little bit of a downer. Had some personal issues here recently. Hopefully things are going to start looking up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can follow me on, on any one of those things. So, uh, yeah, if you want to if you want to see some cool 3D printed stuff that's coming out here pretty quick, uh, come check it out. Ray and Chris, where can we find you guys online? Uh, the Reluctant Yeti in, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, or you can find me here or Epically Geeky, uh, Sustainably Geeky once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Chris? Uh, uh, here, or, uh, Epically Geeky. Forgot where I was for a moment. <laughs> uh, and then Sustainably Geeky and on Instagram at Cedarverse. <laughs> <laughs> And Sean, where can we find you? Well, you can sometimes find me on Marginally Geeky or the Mac Daddy of the Geeky Coven on uh, Epically Geeky. The Mac Daddy. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me here on Marginally Geeky, Epically Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. And we will be recording a new episode in a few days. And uh, that will be a good one. We'll be talking about how to go green at work. Um, also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. And with that, everyone have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 